to uh, speak to us, get in our hearts. And I want to begin to look at that. I believe it is the desire of the Lord that all of the sanctuary of West Palm Beach, that all of us would be active soul winners. You believe that? Say amen. Acts chapter 2, verse number 41. Then they that gladly received, everybody say gladly received. His word were baptized. The same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly. Say they continued. Steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. In breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul. Everyone say fear. Say respect. Fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Verse 44. And all that believed were together, say together. That's been our theme for 2019, all things together, all things together. And all that believed were together and had all things common. Sold their possessions and goods, parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. They did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Everyone say, from house to house. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. Now, just to kind of throw this in here so that you understand, the Lord didn't go out and choose these people. It was the church that went out and got these people that were added to the church daily. And I believe that the Lord, it's Especially in the last days, chooses, desires, wants that souls would be added to the church. This local assembly daily. Do I have a witness in the house? I don't think he just wants to do it on Wednesdays or on Sunday mornings. I believe that the church the assembly that meets right here in this auditorium, that we can get to the place that on Monday we can hear about people praying through to the Holy Ghost and being baptized. On Tuesday, we can hear it. Thursday, we can hear it. Friday, Saturday, I believe God wants to add to the church daily such as should be saved. Let's put our Bibles down and just pray for a moment here tonight. Father, we come to you in the power of the Holy Ghost. I ask, Lord, that you anoint your servant. Use the preacher tonight, God. Let the word go forth in power and in conviction. Let our hearts be touched by your word. Let our minds be changed and washed by the word of God. Wash out our old thinking and put in your thinking, God. Wash out our old ways and put in your ways, Lord. Touch us tonight. I pray it, I ask it. God, begin to change how we think. Begin to change how we act. Change our habits. Everything about us, Lord, that we might become great tools in the kingdom of God. And everybody say amen. So turn to two or three people and just tell them, I am a soul winner.
God bless you. You can be seated. I want to I talk about us a little bit here tonight. Me and you, filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Spirit of the Lord abiding on the inside of us, the power of God radiating out of us. Everywhere as we go, we can be used of God. I probably should have had y'all pray for Hannah on Sunday, but uh, she left Sunday evening about 3 o'clock, flew out to Texas, and uh, the Lord has opened some doors in her life, and she's been ministering in churches concerning soul winning. And so the Texas camp, their camp is this week up in the northeastern area of Texas. Uh, they got a hold of her, some pastors, and asked her if she would come down and be one of the day speakers and uh, minister in the camp about soul winning. That's a great honor to be asked to do that. And we're proud of her in a very humble way. And uh, so she was there. She texted us today. And uh, just in the text, she was sitting in a restaurant and or a place wherever they were eating. And uh, the camp that they're at, they have locals there that are not necessarily members of the church. They're just workers that help care uh, for the campgrounds. Hannah had five of them around a table, giving them a Bible study about receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. They're going to have another Bible study tomorrow and then fellowship later on. The bottom line is we are always so winners. No matter where we go, no matter where we're at, we ought to keep in mind that our priority in life when God brings us into the kingdom of God is to be a soul winner. Can I get a witness in the house tonight? I believe the Lord needs to work on me and the Lord needs to work on you. Something needs to change in our mind that as we go through our day, our priorities need to be different. And I'm not, this isn't a message of condemnation at all. This is a message of just trying to call us up a little higher. But you know this is the truth. I know I'll be the first to admit it. I can go 24 hours and never think about a soul. I can go 48 hours and never think about a soul. I can find myself going a week and never think about a soul. I didn't say I didn't think about God. And I didn't say I didn't work for God. I didn't say I wasn't working in His kingdom. I wasn't laboring for His kingdom. Doing things for His kingdom. And maybe even fellowship amongst the brethren. But was my mind really on a soul? Was I thinking about how to get someone in a Bible study? How to reach my neighbor, my co-worker, my friend? Was someone laid on my heart that week, that day, over a short period of time? And I believe that the Lord wants to get you and I in such a position and condition that we go throughout the day with our mind preoccupied about reaching somebody for Jesus. Do I have a witness tonight? Clap your hands like you're not guilty. Clap your hands like you know what I'm talking about. Lord wants to rearrange our thinking, rearrange our life, rearrange uh, our walk with Him. Now, uh, we, we look into these verses here in the second chapter of the book of Acts. And verse number 41, the word of the Lord says, Then they, uh, then they that gladly received His word uh, were baptized. Now, especially on a Wednesday night, I would say not only most of us, but probably every one of us can find ourselves in this category. One day we walked into the house of God. The preacher got up and began to preach the Word of God. Our ears began to tingle. Our heart began to pound. God began to pull something out of our innermost being. And before it was over, conviction came upon us. We felt a drawing to the the altar we got up from where we were we came down to the altar God filled us with the power of the Holy Ghost we got a hold of somebody or somebody got a hold of us we heard about baptism we made our way out to the tank the preacher baptized us in the name of Jesus Christ this was and is us 
We gladly received the word of God. We heard God's word. It did something to us. We got excited. We got convicted. We got filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. We gladly received his word. And we were baptized that day. And we were added to the church of the living God. That would be every one of us here. Even right now, tonight, even on a Wednesday night, when Pastor uh, is about to deliver this message, I'm preaching to the cream of the crop. I'm preaching to brothers and sisters in Christ who are going to gladly receive this word. You're going to take it in your mind, your heart. You're going to go home. You're going to contemplate about it. Some of y'all might even go home and re-watch it on our YouTube channel or re-listen to it on the, uh, uh, on the podcast and, and, and try to maybe get it a little bit deeper in your heart we gladly receive the word of God we're in love with the word of God it changes us it helps us it put our marriages back together it changed our lives it blessed our children it washed our thinking everything about us I gladly receive God's word Oh, let's love him together for a moment. This is where no problem. We don't have a problem with with verse number 41. Hear the word. Receive the word. Filled with the spirit. Baptized in his name. Begin to walk the walk of life. That would be pleasing to the Lord and Savior for Jesus Christ. The problem is, is that this is where it ends for most of us. When our, our life, our family, our needs, we come in, we hear we receive but does it really change everything that needs to be changed listen to me because this is so true for pastor and I believe it's probably true for most of us we love God's word we love the kingdom of God we love coming to church we love the fellowship of God we've made great friends and and acquaintances and relationships built upon God's word our lives have been rearranged what we used to love we now hate we have a brand new love the things that God loves the things we used to do we don't do them anymore our habits are different our recreations different where we go what we do all of this because of the word of God most of us are probably still alive today because of the word of God some of you would be dead right now if it wasn't for the word of God in your life. You'd been shot in an alley. You would have been uh, killed or, or hurt or wrecked or died of an overdose or wrecking a car from being drunk while driving. But the word of God has changed your life. We are forever different. We are forever changed. We, we have so rearranged everything about us that we're picky about who we hang out with. We're picky about who we fellowship with. We want to make sure they have the faith. We want to make sure they speak right about God and about God's kids. Everything about us is different. And so the word has affected our life. It has affected our family. It has affected the needs that are in our life. However, if we will examine ourselves and be honest with one another, our sacrifices that we make for the kingdom of God, it generally surrounds our family in one way or another. In other words, whatever I'm going to do for the kingdom, it brings a blessing into my family. It brings a blessing into my life. It is because I'm trying to get closer to God. It is because I am trying to obey God's word. I'm trying to find a place in the kingdom of God where I can be saved and be safe. Our lives become a closed loop. We become so intricately involved in the things that are necessary to keep our our lives comfortable that we never make room for any convenience that may be necessary to reach a soul now listen to pastor for a moment we so live our life it is almost impossible to be a soul winner 
Pastor knows what he's talking about because he lives there. Everything about church surrounds us. Everything about church surrounds our convenience. Everything we do for the kingdom, it's all in an enclosed loop. We're safe inside of that circle. We, we, we're in there so tight. And I don't mean this in, a, in such a way that you don't love souls, that you don't think people need to be saved, and that you don't want to be a soul winner. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that we've allowed habits in our life to form. We've allowed the circumstances of our life to so build up that we're in a closed loop. We get up, we work, we do, we go, we come home, we shower, we go to bed, sleep, get up, work, do, go home, sleep, shower, work, and we're just in this loop every day. We interrupt it for a moment on Wednesday. We interrupt it for a moment on Sunday or some special event. But Somewhere's in that cycle. God's got to break it open where you and I. We're living for God. It's no longer just about me. You know this is where we live. You know this is how it is. Serving God is about me. My conscience, my sins, my salvation, my safety, my blessings. Clap your hands to the Lord and give God praise for a moment, will you? This is why some of us have, many, have so many troubles in our life. I'll come back to that. I can tell you that there is no greater pleasure, no greater joy, no greater fulfillment. There is no greater security for you and your family being saved than when you include your household in serving others and reaching them for Jesus Christ. The greatest impact you can make upon your children, mom and dad, is by them seeing you serving somebody else because you desire to get them in the kingdom of God. There's no greater impact that will come into their life. No greater power that will come into your marriage than when husband and wife are laboring together in the kingdom of God. Going out of their way. Making things inconvenient. Eating early. Eating late. Pushing something aside. Whatever it takes. We got a Bible study. We've got a teacher. I've got a co-worker who's in need. I've got a friend that needs the touch of God and whatever it's going to take that's what we're going to do we're going to interrupt our cycle we're going to change our life we're going to let God interrupt things on the inside of our little circle that we might be able to begin to reach the lost that are in this world verse 41 is not a problem Gladly receive the word of God into my heart, my mind, my spirit. Love good preaching. Love good preaching. Love good preaching. Amen. <laughs> oh, I'm just having fun. We receive the word of God. It's changed our lives, it's changed our families. But that's just the beginning. And this is what God wants to begin to speak to us about. The Bible says they continue steadfastly. Most of us probably, again, nearly every one of us on a Wednesday night 
fit into this category. Verse 42, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, the breaking of bread and in prayers. Oh, yes, friend. We love the word of God. We're steadfast. We're here on a Wednesday night. We're here on a Sunday morning. We're faithful. We come early and bring our children uh, so that they can be with the youth and they can be in Sunday school. We come to hear the adult teaching from this pulpit to hear more of the word of God. We're here for the worship. Maybe we're a greeter uh, or an usher or a a musician uh, playing or a singer, praise singer. We work in one of the departments. We're involved in God's kingdom. We come into God's kingdom. We are faithful. We are steadfast. We are in the apostles' doctrine like Sunday morning when Pastor got up here and preached on the absolute necessity of the evidence of speaking in tongues for receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. We love that. We love the word. We love truth. We receive it. We break the bread. We go to prayer. We we get out of bed at 6.30 in the morning. We we dial in on our phone and we enter into prayer. We go to prayer at noon. We go to prayer in the evening. We go to prayer in homes. We're even doing connect groups now. We gather together in homes and have connect groups. We're involved. We're moving alone. We begin to learn the word of God and we begin to apply it to our lives. We'll even go through all the discipleship classes. We become faithful to the house of God and fellowship with our brothers and sisters. We enjoy prayer groups or other social groups of the church and become active in some way or another. We get involved in church activities that allow us to substitute for the real calling of God. wrap ourselves up in the work of God's kingdom that we might justify our lack of doing the only calling that you and I have. Go to the end of the world and reach the lost. You do realize that's the only calling There is no calling to play the drums. It's a talent. And one I ain't got. There's no calling to play a piano. There's no calling to be a praise singer. These are talents. They bless the church. You're involved. We're thankful. But every man and woman of God has one calling. Reach the lost. He said you're going to be endued with power from on high. Why? That you might be a witness. That's our calling. All of them. You realize it's us. It's humanity, Sean, that creates the Sunday school department. But we do it out of love because we want to teach our children. It's us. It's humanity that creates the usher team to greet our guests and our greeters to greet them as they come in. It's us. Brother Dooley, that creates the subgroup of our youth and divides it up and create. We do all of that because we're trying to facilitate. But that you can't find none of that stuff's there. When God came upon them, they went house to house. They reached for the lost. They broke bread. They fellowshiped. They taught Bible studies. And every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, souls. Oh, I wish I had some help up in here. Can we stand to our feet and worship the Lord for a moment? Will you do that? Will you just ask Him to talk to you? Will you ask Him to minister to you right now? God, touch us. Touch our minds. Touch our spirits.
You can be seated. <laughs> to be honest, we should have been travailing. Because you know good and well, every one of you, including me, fits what I'm preaching right now. Every one of us. The problem is I don't have a hammer big enough to break your shell. I don't have enough dynamite to get through the circle of religion that you have drawn around yourself to isolate you from the real calling of God. There's not enough messages that can be preached to do that. Somewhere you got to find a place in your closet that you get on your knees and you say, God, I'm tired of being religious. I'm tired of just going through the mundane every day. God, I want you to change me. I want you to make me into a vessel that makes a true impact upon the kingdom of God. God, I want you to make me a vessel of honor. I got to keep I got to keep going. I want I want to finish this if I can and, and I'm barely I'm not even to my message yet. But we'll get there in just a second. If we're not careful, we'll form cliques within the church that won't even let outsiders in. You see it's too inconvenient to adjust to their ways. This is where we sell it in. We make it our home. It eventually becomes our battleground. You know why we fight in church? Because we're not fighting the devil. So we end up fighting one another. If you were out battling for a soul, if you were out trying to reach a soul, you'd be too busy using up your energy and your spiritual warfare battling for a soul. You wouldn't have... You wouldn't have the time to put up with the stupidity of somebody in the organization of the church who would want to go to war with you. You'd look at them and say, you want to go to battle? Come on. I got a Bible study next week. How about you join me? How about we go to prayer? You want to go to battle? Let me show you the real enemy. We fight not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers of darkness. Not me and you. We fight one another. Because we got all kinds of energy stored up. We're not doing nothing for his kingdom. Except by little rituals. Y'all are wonderful people. Put up with this. I don't know if I'd stay. The Bible says in verse 43, something changes here. They received the word gladly. Can you say amen? They stayed steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. Breaking bread. Come on now. Y'all know we know how to break bread. We know how to get together, fellowship, and have a good time, don't we? Oh, yeah, we got that down. Verse 41 and verse 42, we got that. But it didn't stop there. Verse 43, and fear came on every soul. God, God brought that out to me. Fear. What, what was the fear? What was the fear here, God? Now, this word fear, I just want to let you know, it means to be alarmed and to be afraid. This word does not mean respect. This word means they freaked out. They were afraid. They were alarmed. Not only on the people that are being preached to, but the preachers themselves. This fear prevented believers from becoming comfortable with their religion. 
when they came into the presence of God, it arrested them. They never lost the vision of why he came. Maybe that was the power of being there and watching him die on the cross. Maybe that was the power of being a part of the ones who received the Holy Ghost from the initial outpouring. Maybe that was part of the, of the benefit of being in that very first generation of the church growing and the power of the name of Jesus Christ. I don't know, but this I do know. There's never been more power of God than there is right now. There's never been more miracles on the earth uh, than there is right now. There's never been more people being saved uh, than there is right now around this earth. Uh, everything we knew that we need uh, to bring the fear of God uh, back into our hearts uh, where we stand in awe and reverence uh, where we fear every day. Am I accomplishing? Am I doing? Am I going? where God is sending man I wish I had some help tonight this is tough preaching you know when I preach like this if you'll make me think you like it I'll preach less like this because I'll try to find something you don't like but if you make me know I don't like it you don't like it it becomes a challenge and I preach part two next Wednesday. <laughs> and if you think that's bad, you're the one that shows back up for part two. So I'm not sure what, what that says about you. <laughs> this fear prevented believers from becoming comfortable with their religion. It constantly kept lost humanity before their eyes. Their priority in life became God's kingdom. Everything wrapped around souls. Everything wrapped around reaching the lost. Yes, they broke their bread. Yes, they fellowshiped. Yes, they enjoyed one another. But friend, every day when they got up, it was about souls. Who can I reach today? What can I do in the kingdom today, God? Show me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Everything that you do in the, in the church is so appreciated pastor says this so often I can't tell you how much I appreciate everyone how much I appreciate your labors how much I appreciate all your work in the kingdom everything that you're doing we couldn't have this we wouldn't last this church wouldn't survive if we didn't have people like you that were working and laboring our setups and tear downs our musicians and our players and our Sunday school teachers our youth and, and our greeters and ushers and our different departments that help all the different the men's and the marriage and, and uh, I don't know the others uh, the departments that are scattered throughout that, that help fellowship and do things I thank you for that but I'm just come to tell you in the Holy Ghost that none of that is actually your calling every day you get up you've got a calling and that calling is to reach the lost every time you take a breath you have a calling every time you move you got a calling everywhere you go you've got a calling and that calling will never leave you as long as God is in you as long as the one that died on the cross and shed his blood so oh, that humanity could be saved as long as that spirit abides in you I am here to tell you there's not a soul that your eyes lay on that Jesus isn't reaching for everywhere you go in your job every supermarket every time you drive down the street every person you connect with everyone you see there's a God in you trying to reach trying to touch trying to grab and we have this fear and reverence and respect on different levels Yes, we do. Mark chapter 9, verse 43. I'm going to try to hurry along. I'm so sorry. Pastor's been preaching so long. I just want us to hear this tonight. And if your hand offend you, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed than having two hands and go to hell. We know it, right? Verse 45, if your foot offend you, cut it off. It's better to go to heaven with one foot than to go to hell with both of them. Verse 47, if your eye offend you, pluck it out. It's better to go to heaven with one eye than to go to hell with both of your eyes. Listen, 
We have this fear. You hear me? We abide by these fear. We know what lust is. We know what greed is. We know what thievery is. We don't murder. We don't steal. We do our best not to lie. We don't do these things. And if we do, we find ourselves in an altar praying and asking God to forgive us. You know why? We fear! If our hand offends us, we cut it off. What does that mean? That means if I'm doing things, if there's things going on, God said it's better no matter what it costs you, cut that off. If it's against my word, if it's a job, cut it off. If it's a loved one, cut it off. If it's a friend, cut it off. If it's keeping you from serving me, he said it's better to cut it off. your feet you find yourself going places you shouldn't go God said figure out how to cut it off when conviction comes to you that's exactly what you do if you had a problem drinking and there was a situation and you drive home from work and you gotta go buy a boardroom and you get that temptation what do you do if you're wise you find another way home even if it's five miles out of the way it doesn't matter what are you doing you're cutting it off you're cutting it off I gotta make it to heaven we fear these things we have these fears we have these respects concerning our walk with God every day and they're good and they're healthy please don't misunderstand pastor every day we get up if we're doing things and we're convicted we pray about it. We ask God to forgive us. We do our best to overcome. We do our best to make it right. We change things in our lives. We do whatever it is that we have to do. What are you doing? You're cutting off your hand. You're cutting off your foot. You're plucking out your eye. Why? Because you want to make it to heaven. You have a fear and a respect for that. Paul the Apostle spoke about this fear and reference in saving souls. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11. He said, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Paul said, knowing the terror of the Lord, I persuade men. This great man of God, this apostle, this writer of two-thirds of the New Testament. He said, you want to know my greatest fear? My fear is not the devil. He said, I've been left for dead three times. I was stoned. He said, they beat me with rods three times. Save 40 stripes. Save one. He said, I've been in starvations. I've been on shipwrecks. I've been through tortures. I've been through sufferings. He said, these things don't fit me scare me he said all that day long I'll die for him we're like sheep for the slaughter bring it on Paul the apostle said he said but I'll tell you one thing that brings terror to my heart and that is the calling to reach the lost He said, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Knowing the wrath of God, knowing the terror of God, knowing the anger of God, knowing what is coming, knowing my responsibility, knowing my calling, I fear and I persuade. Mark chapter 9 verse 49 I'm going to try to wrap this up in a couple hours one thing about renting a school is you know I'm on a time limit one of these Wednesday nights I'm going to have Chris rent the school till midnight and I'm going to preach for four hours and see how many of you stay Paul the apostle preached all night. He only had one fall asleep. I've already had several of you fall asleep. All right. That was all flesh. But an ounce of God in that. Let's get back in the word. Mark chapter 9 verse 49. Watch this. 
for everyone shall be salted with fire. Everybody say fire. Do you hear me? When you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, that's the salting. When the Holy Ghost comes into you, when the anointing comes into you, it came into you with a fire. You burned. What are you talking about, Pastor? You know good and well what I'm talking about. When you got the Holy Ghost, you couldn't wait to get home and tell your family. When you got the Holy Ghost, you couldn't wait to tell your co-workers. When you got the Holy Ghost, you wanted to tell everybody. You loved everybody, and you wanted to tell everybody about the outpouring of of the spirit what happened well I guess the fire went out for everyone shall be salted with fire and every sacrifice shall be salted with salt salt is good Jesus says in the book of Mark but if the salt has lost its saltiness with wit with which will it season have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another you know what he just said reach the world and you'll get along with one another Stop being a soul winner, and the next thing you know, you'll be in a fight, in a battle, contention, argument, jealousy, envy, strife, hatred. The list goes on. These things will start rising up in you. Why? Because they're your old nature. Why are they rising up? Because God put the Holy Ghost and fire in you. And he did it to you and I for one reason. To go out into the world and be the salt. And to reach the lost. And we lose that saltiness. Everything else begins to rise up. The fire gets dampered. The anointing begins to be pushed back. Carnality comes forward and then what we become is Christians who know how to play the part and we come in and out and nobody ever knows and we come in and out and nobody ever knows but you know what the Bible says the Bible says you'll know them by their fruit if they're not bearing fruit they're dead he said it's time to pluck them up and cast them into the fire they're dead How am I doing? Jude 123. I got to close because we're running out of time. Jude 123. And others saved with fear, the Bible says, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by flesh. You know the the scripture in Matthew 25, 15 through 30. I don't think I gave all those to you, brother. I think you might have verse 18, but <laughs> we know the story. Jesus gives five talents to one. He gives two talents to another. He gives one talent to one, right? The five-talent guy does what? He brings back five more talents, and the Lord says, Well done, that good and faithful servant. I have trusted you in few things, and I'm going to make you rule over many things, enter in. You know, to the kingdom, right? Two-talent guy, same thing. Brings back two talents. Well done, good and faithful servant. Verse number 18 says, But he that had received one talent, he went, he dug in the earth, and he hid his Lord's money. Look at verse number 24. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast sown and gathering where thou hast not straw. I was afraid, wrong kind of fear though. I was afraid, and I went and hid thy talent in the earth, and lo, thou hast uh, here, here, and lo, there thou hast that is thine. I don't want to hurt you but or me, but I want you to listen to what I what Jesus just told us right there. Because I'm afraid there's going to be too many saints of God who are going to stand before him at judgment, and there's going to be nobody standing with them. And you know what you're saying to the Lord? Hey Lord. I know you filled me with your spirit. I know you baptized me in your name. I know you gave me your grace and your love and all of these wonderful things. But I took the talent and I hid it. But guess what? Here I am. 
Everything that you invested in me, here it is. I didn't lose any of your investment. I buried it. I hid it. And I, it's all there. And I dug it up. And now here it is. Everything you invested in me, here it is, God. And I stand before you. And I stand alone. Because I never did a thing with what you gave me. Are y'all believing what I'm preaching? Because this is the only thing that's going to save this city. In fact, this is the only thing that's going to save you. He didn't say to him, oh my Lord, I know it was rough living for me down there. While in them last days, those heathen were everywhere. Especially them Georgia heathens. Oh, yeah. Yeah, them heathen were everywhere. And I don't know how you did it, Pete. How did you accomplish that? How'd you continue to live for me with all them temptation? I am amazed that you stay saved. My mind is blown, God says, that you made it through everything and stand here in front of me and represent back to me only what I gave you. With no usury. No entrance. No multiplication. Nothing. Oh no. That's not what he says. The Lord answered him. And he said to him. Then he had received the one talent. Came and said Lord I knew these etc etc etc. Verse 26. The Lord answered and said unto him. Thou wicked and slowful servant. Thou knewest I reap where I sowed not. And gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore have put my money to the exchangers. And then at my coming I should have received my own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him. And give it unto him that hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath half shall be given. He and he shall have abundance for but from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath and cast ye the unprofitable servant under the outer darkness and there shall be weeping and gashing of teeth he took the one talent from him and gave it to the God that had ten don't you think that's a little unfair Or does God invest where he sees a profit? Or does God put into the hands of those that he sees working? And I want to tell you this works in the kingdom of God. God or pastor uh, doesn't just go and say, hey, I, I want you to be over my Bible studies. That's not what happened when Brother Markham was here. Brother Markham was already teaching 10 or 15 Bible studies a week. He breathed it and lived it and ate it. I said, hey, bro, why don't you come on? I'll pay you full time. Your wife be the secretary and you can teach Bible studies. My God, what an amazing thing that happened. Uh, but I want to tell you why he was chosen. He was already doing that. We want to stand in the altar. We want to lift our hands. And we want to say, God bless us. God help us. God multiply. God, 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 God. It's always about us. When if we would get busy doing our calling, you wouldn't have to lift your hands and ask for blessings. They would be poured out on you so fast. He would make sure this is okay. That's taken care of. This is done. You need more room over here. You need this. You need that. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Why? Because you're busy doing the calling that God has called us to do. Put your hands together for the Lord. Come on, let's bring some spirit into this place. This is how the majority of us live our Christian lives. God invests in us. He redeems us. He saves us. We take our lives. We go buried in the ground to keep it safe somewhere. That's exactly what we do. We do everything else, everything we can to maintain. We're always repairing, we're always fixing, we're always repenting. Because we're never busy doing anything else. 
and we're always miserable. Miserable. Because when God comes into us, the only thing that can bring joy, only one, is when we reach for so. There's only one time that the Bible says he dances. There's only one thing that, the, that heaven rejoices about. Only one thing. And that is when a soul repents. You want to get joy in your life? Reach for the loss. You want Jesus jumping up and down in your life? Reach for the loss. You want the blessings of God in your life? Reach for the loss. Rearrange your life. Rearrange your home. Rearrange your schedule. Rearrange your loves and your dislikes. Rearrange everything about your life so that it opens a door so that God can bring somebody to you or lead you to somebody. Make room. Do the action. Take the initiative yourself and see what God will do when do you say we stop mully glubbing and complaining and bickering and boohooing and crying and sucking our thumbs about everything in life that's going on thank you Rosemary And start reaching souls. I'm closing. God said I should receive my own usury. When we stand before the Lord, will there be anybody standing with us or will we be standing alone? Our excuses will be, but Lord, it took everything I had to live for you. God, I sacrificed to you financially. I prayed. I fasted. I did all of these wonderful things. I worked in the church. I labored for your kingdom. I did, I did all of these things. But, but where? I don't want to hurt us. Just listen. And God says, are you telling me that out of the thousands of people that I put in your life. Out of the thousands of paths. That I had you cross. With others. You couldn't find the time. To reach for one. You couldn't just bring. One. With you. You know. This is where the sphere comes in. So you and I need to awaken to this. That there's only one thing that matters to God. That's souls. Everything else we do in the kingdom of God is wood, hay, and stubble. It's organizational. God said the only thing that's going to last is the things of gold and pure. Now, thank the Lord that verse does go on to say that when he burns everything up, that you'll be saved. So in Matthew 22 and 1, it's my last verses, I'm closing. What did he say to you and I? He said, go into the highways, go into the byways. And call them to come so that my house is full. I want to I ask you a question. Oh, wow, I got a whole lot more here. Okay, I, I won't preach it, though. I didn't realize I had so much. So I want to ask you a question. Let's stand. I'm done. In fact, let's just come down to the front. We're going to pray a little bit. You remember when the Bible talks about the judgment. And uh, and there's two lines. 
that stand before God. And the Bible says that he put some on the left and some on the right. You remember that parable? What did he call the ones on the left? Goats. Everybody say goats. What does a goat sound? Huh? Isn't that the same thing a sheep makes? Do goats and sheep sound just alike? Huh? They're close enough, right? That's my point. Goats and sheep, they sound just alike. Some of them even look alike, brother. Boland says, my goat specialist there. You got to love it. Okay. <clears throat> Need a laugh because you're fixing to cry. So on the left, he puts the goats. And on the right, he puts the sheep. What is the only thing that separated them? What was the only deciding factor that caused Jesus to put some on the right and some on the left? Anybody want to take a guess? Souls. How we treat people in his name. He said, I was hungry. You never fed me. I was thirsty. You never gave me anything to drink. And I don't think the Lord's talking about steak and wine. You never gave me the word. And you never introduced me to the spirit. That's what God refers to when it comes to food and drink. He said, I was in prison. You never visited me. And I'm sure it probably meant the real prison. But it most definitely meant the prison of the soul. I was bound up in my spirit. You never came to me. Now, I want you to notice something. In every case, Jesus Christ refers to the ones who were hungry, thirsty, bound, naked as himself. You never fed me. You never gave me to drink. You never clothed me. You never visited me. And then he said to the ones on the right, the sheep, he said, I was naked and gave me clothes. You, you know the story. Lord, when were you naked and we clothed you? When, when were you hungry and we fed you? Thirsty and we gave you drink. When, when? When did we do these things for you? We, we never did these things for you. So, oh. Oh, yes, you did. Because as you did it unto the least of these, you did it to me. You want to know what the dividing factor of a saint of God make it into heaven or being cast into hell? And I didn't say sinners. It's not going to be whether you lusted or sinned or cussed or messed up or did something stupid. He'll forgive you of those things. It's going to be how did you treat his people? The ones in church and the ones that are unchurched, they're still his. There's not a soul on the planet breathing that he did not breathe the breath of life into them. We may not want to admit it, but he loves the rapers, the incestors, the murderers, the cheats. And Paul the apostle looked at the church and he said, and oh, by the way, and such were some of you. But someone came to you. Someone touched you. Someone found you. 
God is calling this church back to our purpose. And that's reaching for the lost. It doesn't matter how old or how young. Well, maybe you get a little bit too young. God can use you to reach a soul. So we're going to pray. And um, as we do on Wednesday nights, we're going we're gonna to cover it. Now, I challenge you to be here next Wednesday because I'm going to preach part two. I didn't realize I had so much left. And then I'm going, I've got a message I'm working on besides this one. It's going to be part three and then part four. And if we'll come and hear and receive, God is about to transform your life. He is about to transform your family. He's about to transform everything about you. And the sanctuary of the Palm Beaches is going to be a happy church. You know why? Because we're all going to be changing spiritual diapers. And that's the bummer about reaching for a loss. You got to spoon feed them. You got to help them. They call you up and say, what does it mean when the Bible says such and such? And the reason why we get frustrated with that, Brother Sapp, is because we don't know what it means. Because we hadn't studied it out ourselves. So we got to say, ah, I'm going to get back to you on that one. Oh, we make something up, hang up the phone, and pray to God it was right. Y'all sound like y'all know what I'm talking about. Amen. So we're going to ask God. I, had, I didn't even get to <laughs> my message. <laughs> but I will next Wednesday. I'm going to start on my message next Wednesday. But we're going to pray tonight that God will come into our life and help us begin to rearrange how we live and what we do. So that we can make room for a soul. It's not that you don't love souls. You wouldn't be here on a Wednesday night. You didn't love souls. But in, but in honesty, truth, our lives are so crowded. Where would you fit a Bible study? Well, you could start by not watching soap operas. I doubt any of y'all watch soap operas. Are they even still on TV? I used to watch them when I was a kid. My mama loved them. I can remember getting out at school at 3 o'clock and running home as fast as I could because I wanted to catch that last soap opera. I think it was called As the World Turns or something. I'm not sure what it was. That's the truth. I got hooked on them, Brother Jones, when I caught the mumps. And so I was laying on the couch, and I got to watching soap operas with Mama. And it was that last one that I really liked. God, help me bring this back in. All right. We're going to pray together as a church. So reach over your neighbor's hand, their shoulder, whatever you want to do. Let's bring our minds. Let's bring them in, God. Lord, I thank you, Father, tonight, God. We come to you right now, Lord. As a church, we stand before you. We want to repent. We repent of our sins. We repent, God, that we have buried the talent that you've given us. Lord, there's so much talent in this building here tonight. So much power, the Spirit of God, the saltiness. God is so salty in this place tonight. There's such a fire in the house of God. Lord, it's everywhere. <laughs> Oh, God, it's burning so bright. Lord, I'm asking you to help us. God, rearrange our lives. Take some things out. Find a day in the week. Set some time aside.
God to be pre preactive in this and, and say to ourselves, okay, God, this is the time I set aside for the Bible study. Oh, no, God, bring me somebody. Lead me to somebody. I want to teach you Bible study. Oh, God, I want to reach for a soul. I want to disciple someone for you. I want to bring people, Lord. I want to stand before your throne. I want to be surrounded by souls that I helped impact in some kind of form or fashion. Oh God, I pray, help us to do this. Forgive us, Lord, we pray. We ask you, forgive us. God, forgive us of our sin. Oh Lord, of not doing these things, not fulfilling the calling that's in our life. Have mercy upon us, Lord. We come before you tonight and we ask you to have mercy, Lord. Forgive us, oh God, and help us, Lord. Help us to do what we need to do to fix this, to make it right and our lives. God, I'm asking you, Lord, every young person that is in this building tonight, every married couple, every single young man and woman, every elder, God, I just pray every individual in this building, Lord, that you will open up a door in our lives that we'll be able to reach someone, touch someone. God, somebody will come in. We'll be able to do a Bible study. We'll, we'll be able to befriend them, love them, help them, be there for them be a strength to them God whatever it is that you want us to do oh Lord we want to do it God we want to be there we want to be available we make ourselves available to you Lord we make ourselves available to you oh God how we love you how we praise you how we adore you how we magnify your name how we glorify you Father we glorify the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords you're everything God you're everything you're everything the kingdom of God oh yes souls 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 Oh, Jesus. Jesus, help us. Oh, 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 God. Be merciful. Be merciful. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Oh, help us to fulfill our call. Help us to fulfill our call. Help us to do what you've called us to do. Help us to be what you've called us to be. Jesus. 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 Jesus, turn our homes into sanctuaries. Let our homes, Lord, let it be like in the, the beginning of the church. Let our homes become churches where people can come and find refuge, be prayed with, supported, and strengthened. Praise God. Everybody say amen. Let's give the Lord praise. Father, we love you. We praise you. We love you. You praise you. Amen. Now, if you come to me and say, Pastor, I want to resign my position because I need more time to reach a soul, I'm going to say quit your job, but keep your position. All right, guys, I love you. You're the greatest. Thank you. Greet one another. Love one another. Hug, hug five people and tell them you're a soul winner. Tell them you are a soul winner.